You're listening to Clone Dance Party. This is our Season 1 recap episode. This will be our last episode in 2014. We'll be back the first week of 2015 with Season 2. If you want to be a guest on Season 2, if you send an email to clonedanceparty at gmail.com and list the episodes you're interested in in order, that will be starting on December 20th at noon. So any emails received after that time. And we'll get it sorted out and publish on Facebook and, and get back to you individually as to which episode you have. Okay, so Lynette, you had some predictions? I do. Hi, everybody. I uh, hope you all enjoyed the first season as much as I did. It was fantastic, of course. I've been thinking about this whole Beth theory that, <laughs> yeah, I love this. I love this theory now. And this is my prediction is Beth will be back because it wasn't Beth. And this is this is my kind of idea is that the woman who stepped off the platform, she was terminal from whatever illness they have. So her and Beth cooked this up to hide Beth because she became like a big focus point. And they actually found Sarah and were trying to warn her because I don't think they actually knew that Sarah would actually get into her, you know, her role. But the shoes were a big clue. So when they saw Sarah stop to make a phone call, that was the opportunity they took to kill themselves. Uh, but something, the shoes are a clue of some type, like step into my shoes, but I'm not sure. It's kind of a little sketchy there. So that's my prediction on that. I think they're going to be a whole big thing going to be opened up on that. Yeah. What do you think? We like it. I love it's it. Good, I think it's, it's, it's a it's a good theory. Yeah. And then this is my prediction because I would like it to happen, but I also think it's going to be happen anyway because I think she's expendable. I think Creepy Pro Clone will die. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, yeah, probably at the hands of Helena, who is not dead, because she has that super healing thing that Kira does. And Allison will be an antagonist for oh, about two or three episodes because she thinks she's in the protection now until she finds out that Donnie's her watcher and she's being played. So she will join forces back up with the clone girls and, you know, get back with them. I don't know what she'll do about Donnie, but he could be dead, too. <laughs> he could be okay. gone, too, because we know now that Allison is a psychopath. <laughs> oh. And let's see, Leaky won't die, or Tomas either, because they got to be there. And Leaky, I I kind of heard people saying that maybe he's not evil, but I still think he's evil. I think they're both evil for different reasons. Leaky has real neutral reasons for what he's doing, because he's really invested in the clones on a, on a scientific level, probably because he wants to live forever and he wants to find out that thing. And Tomas is because he's a zealot, of course, and he, that's why he is, he is a problem. But I think that the creepy pro clone will die, but I don't think Le- Leaky and Tomas are actually the top people. I don't think she is either. And I'm just really curious to see who it is really going to be. And I don't think it's Tony. Let's see. Because he was going to find out the cause of the illness. May not the cure, but the cause. And Kira's superpowers will become clear because she's definitely some kind of empath. You know, I'm not sure what. And, of course, she has great healing powers. And maybe she's a... They've all got pieces of Kira. So it's the only way I can explain that. And if they would help put them all together, their own little specific little kind of superpower, Kira would be the result of that. Because, of course, they're going to find Kira. And my prediction I said last time with Kira is off hiding somewhere or with Elena. I still stand with that. I don't think she was kidnapped by these other people. I think she's too smart to get caught. I just don't know where Mrs. S is. That was going to be my question, where, where Mrs. S is. Yeah. yeah. Where is she? And that's my next. Okay. That's my next. I think uh, my last one. Mrs. S's backstory. We're going to find out what she's about and where her loyalties truly lie. And she is a keynote in all of this, so I don't know what, but she is. So that's my predictions. Interesting. What you said about Dyad was interesting because at the beginning we knew that Paul was a monitor, and then we were introduced to Olivier, who was a step up from that, and then he turned out to not be all that important. We were introduced to Leaky, and mm-hmm. then at the end we were introduced to Rachel, and, and she's his boss. So they're always... More and more higher ups being revealed. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's gonna that's gonna keep trending. That's gonna keep happening. 
Gosh, maybe Mrs. S is the top guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how did you like the first season overall? Well, just put on the record because it was excellent. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, the clone thing has been done so many times. This is the first time I really enjoyed it because it is really, these are really people trying to deal with the fact that they've been cloned and they all have individual lives and personalities. And it's just really, it's intriguing and compelling and I love it. Well, when Lynette was starting to do this, it was like, well, I'll do it, but I'm not sure how many episodes I could do. You know, things may happen. And <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. You know, worst comes to worst. We could say we need a newbie on the podcast and get a replacement. But I was thinking, <laughs> just you wait. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah. Lynette, you're not backing out of this. <laughs> yeah, you read me pretty good on that one, didn't you? Because <laughs> there's no way I'm walking away from this. This is fantastic. <laughs> Oh, that's the highlight of my week. <laughs> I just love these guys. <laughs> Does anybody else have any reactions from seeing it the first time at this point, seeing season one? I was just really excited that parts of season two were already out. Like, I, because I started watching it during season two. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to wait as long for new content. So that was really exciting for me because I would have died. But I, I just remember how, how much I loved it and how I couldn't, couldn't wait for there to be more and just thinking about when season two ends that it's going to be forever for season three. And it has, it's taken so long and how, like, I understand everybody complaining about how Tatiana Maslany hasn't been nominated for anything. Like, how can she not be nominated for all of the awards ever? Like, it, she does such a good job and the show is so witty and so funny and the acting is amazing and the just everything all of the characters are just done so perfectly even if i hate the character they're still all just done so wonderfully and they're so real and i've seen a couple of people in our feedback say that this isn't really science fiction and i think they think that because it takes place in a modernish time and, you know, there's no spaceships, there's no flying cars, it's not some dystopian or fucked up utopian society, it's just real life with a science experiment happening. And the science experiment isn't possible to be done yet, or the way that the show is showing it. And so, um, it's definitely pretty fiction-y, but it's so wonderful, and just, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely science fiction, because it's think about science that's not here yet. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of science fiction that's done in, in regular times without spaceships. So I think that's just, it's science yeah. fiction. And it's so good. It is. It's so good. Uh, I posted in uh, the Clone Dance Party, there's a, a Canadian website that is doing a pick your best Canadian TV shows and for Orphan Black in there. Pick yeah, Orphan so far Black. it's number third, number three. I, I think it's at two now. Is it at two? I voted uh, a little while ago and it was at three, so. Yeah, I think it went up to two now. So Hooray! Go vote, everybody. (laughs) I saw a similar poll that was best couple, and the couple I picked from Warfare Black was Donnie and Allison. And (laughs) they had something like 0.21%. Oh, my God, Donnie and Allison. (laughs) I cannot wait for you to see season two, Lynette. No, me either. Oh, there's so much more to talk about. Um, <laughs> I just can't wait to see what they do with Vic. Oh, my God. What are they going to do with that little guy? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Vic. Vic. Vic the dick. <sighs> it's got to be good because you guys are laughing so hard. <laughs> there is definitely some good Vic stuff coming up. Okay. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> And more reasons to hate D'Angelo's. <laughs> uh, uh, like, we need more reasons to hate D'Angelo's. Oh, my oh, God. Wouldn't, it, oh, oh, wouldn't that be... Oh, oh they're coming. They're, they're coming. Oh, they're I think coming. that'd be, be so funny if Vic and D'Angelo's were really a couple or something. Wouldn't that be something? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That know. would be interesting. That's kind of icky. <laughs> <laughs> Janice, do you remember what you thought at this time or what you were expecting? Um... No, I don't remember what I was expecting too much. I think I thought I thought that Dyad had Kira. Yeah, I did too. I definitely thought that. 
I was glad that I knew I was glad that Helena was dead. I'm trying to think what else I thought. Those were kind of the big things. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, it was just this whole world, you know, like what, you know, what does signing the contract mean? Um, what does it mean that they're considered property? How's that, you know, how's that going to play out? You know, that that's what fascinated me. That's what I was looking forward to. Yeah, I thought that Allison signing the contract had to be significant. And I didn't think Diane had Kira. I thought that Mrs. S had Kira, but I had no idea where or how or whatever. But I thought that since she had the shotgun that nobody was getting Kira, that she was going to somehow be able to get out with her. I wanted that to be the case, but I was pretty sure it was Dyad. And I never thought Helena was dead. I was pretty sure. I did think Helena was dead, but I was really annoyed at that. Well, I love (laughs) Helena. I'm sorry. I love Helena. But I... I don't think she's I don't think she's dead because they've made a real point of her being attacked to the point where she should have been dead, you know, and her snapping back out of it, her and Kira. So, you know, she's stabbed pretty good and other stuff. I think a little gunshot to the gut isn't gonna face her much. So what was everybody's favorite episode? <gasps> okay. <laughs> I'm like really ready, aren't I? <laughs> oh. Shall I go first? Sure. Yes. Okay. I'm this guys. This is. It's probably a weird, but I love parts developed in an unusual matter. <laughs> episode one, seven. That's the one with Olivier's tail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I must be really like I'm. I'm so bad inside. <laughs> uh, so I totally enjoyed the whole episode. I really did. And uh, so, do you want favorite scene from the episode? Okay. Uh, favorite scene from the episode, of course, was her at the end dancing with that tail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's dancing away with it and she's throwing it around and really gyrating around and just, uh, it was great. I loved it. That one's very popular with cosplayers at conventions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine it is. <laughs> Maybe I'm kind of a geeky, so I guess that's probably why it appeals to me. And my favorite scene is from that episode, too. And you, it's not, you know, you would think that my favorite scene would have been, you know, my ships, but they're not. It's a uh, Helena sitting at the kitchen table playing Sarah and Beth and Paul's picture propped up in front of her. And she says, how was your day, Paul? Yeah, <laughs> I also had a pleasant day. I went working and shopping. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes that's a good one. She goes, pardon me, it's work. <laughs> 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 I love that scene. Yes, all Helena scenes are fantastic. Bob, what was your favorite episode? Mine was six variations under domestication, which was the one with Allison and Donnie and the glue gun and the party oh, upstairs. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. <laughs> That's a really good one. That was really good. Yeah, the look on her face when she, that glue drops on him by accident. She's just like all freaked out, and then she does it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Liz? Episode one. And then a tie between six and seven. Mm-hmm. But I really love episode one because that's because I fell in love with the show so immediately mm-hmm. that like that's just since that's the episode that sucked me in. That's just my favorite episode. Yeah, I just wish I could figure out if they planned for her to play Beth, but I don't think they did. I think that just happened. I think they were just trying to let Sarah know what was going on and hoping that she would call on her resiliency and her knowledge of the underworld to put two and two together. So I don't know. I'm really curious about that. The first time I watched, I was certain that the person who jumped was Beth because I there was no reason to think anything else. It wasn't until doing this podcast and talking to Katrin that I was like, oh, that's not Beth. Yeah. <laughs> all the stuff she sent me, I was like, oh, that's, that's not Beth. And uh, so I blame her for all my Beth feels. And anytime I mention them on the podcast, I get a message from her. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And on Tumblr, she gave me a Clone Club award for my Beth Feels, and that was awesome. Aww. Well, she, yeah. She deserves that. She put that whole thought into my head, too. So, um, yeah. So she's, she's my, she's my Beth Feels buddy. <laughs> and, uh, I blame her for all of the hours that I spend thinking about that when I should be thinking about other things. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I've known her since the Hellmouth podcast, God. and she was very young at the time, and she was a guest on that doing the Tara episode, Family. Oh, oh my God, no. Oh. I love that episode. Yeah. I just, I love Buffy. <laughs> uh, Janice? But my favorite episode is episode six with the uh, potluck supper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it was funny. It was, you got to see Tatiana, you know, be one clone pretending to be another. It was just great. And it was just, and Vic showed up. <laughs> it was just great. And Paul to the rescue. Paul to the rescue. Yeah. And Felix, oh my God, it's you. You have something <laughs> on your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was Paul to the rescue in that scene, and there was also the the scene at the end of that episode where Paul he's about to to give uh, Sarah the drug laden drink, and he says, "So what's going on?" And she tells him, and he just this mm-hmm. this isn't a lie. She's that's obviously the truth, and he puts one bottle back and gets out the other bottle. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was just a great touch. It was so such yeah, that was really good. Superb writing and acting. It's just these subtleties are just so fantastic. Has so many yeah, layers think, and depths. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the detail that both Tatiana goes into when she's acting out these characters, and also like the the props department. I've said this before, you know, you know, props and and costume. You know, they just got it right for everybody. Yeah, they totally just got agree. Allison's clothes right, and they've got her house just right, and her. You know, we talked another time about the scene where she gets Donnie and the kids out of the house, and she spends all day in in her craft room. Waiting by the phone. She's got the gun and the phone and, and she ends up at the end, you see her at the end of the day and she's knitted some mittens. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah. So perfect. <laughs> yes. They know the characters. And I think that's so important on a show like this. I had a question. There are a lot of characters that are, you know, very much in gray areas. Mrs. S and Donnie and Paul and Leaky and Rachel. Do you think there are any characters that you're likely to change your opinion on in season two. Yes, but not DeAngelis. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go with you on that one. I am a part of the I Hate DeAngelis Club. Yeah. And uh, I don't like her. But yeah, my, my opinion on lots of people has changed, and I'm sure it'll change more when season three comes out. Ooh. That's really... It- my opinion could change about everyone, really. If, but I'm with you on the DeAngelis thing. I don't even care. If she turns out to be a good guy. I just, eh. but, <laughs> but you know, everybody keeps saying, "Oh, Leaky isn't really." You know, he may turn out to be a good guy. I, you know, I don't know. His methods are strange. I mean, they, so the, all these people have done things that aren't good things, and so they're gonna have to come up with some really good motives for them all. Someone to turn from being such an ass into a good person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nobody's a good person on this show. <laughs> Which I think is really awesome that everybody lives in the gray. Yeah, I love that part. There's no, like, white knight or black knight. It's just, like, yeah, you know, more like how life really is. Yeah, they're very, very true-to-life characters. Mm-hmm. I can ask you guys the same question, because you already know. <laughs> what question? Do you, what Do you think your opinion of anyone will change? Mm. Well, one thing I can say is that the very last scene of season two, you'll be going, what? Those characters are involved in what? Oh, awesome. Yeah, some, some of our feedback, someone was like, that cannot be the end of the season. I was like, just wait till two. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> we're still waiting for that to be resolved, yes. <laughs> So, did anybody have a favorite clone and non-clone for the season? Mine are pretty boring, but my favorite clone was Allison, and my favorite non-clone was Felix. I think least favorite and might be interesting now. So. Yeah, Who are your least favorites? Mine? Least favorite clone is Rachel, and least favorite non-clone is Paul. I mean, there are people I dislike a lot more than Paul, but just in terms of most screen time for least interesting story. It's uh, that's true. Okay. The bagel effect. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm tied on my favorites. My favorite clones are Helena and Allison. And my favorite non-clones are Felix and Victor Dick. 
<laughs> Great. And I've got to say, probably my least favorite character, non-clone, is D'Angelo. I just, I don't like her. And my least favorite clone? Hmm. Yeah, i got to go with Rachel. Because, yeah, the other ones I've become kind of attached to. So, got to go with you on that one. She just looks like she needs a reboot or something. She's just... <laughs> <laughs> reboot. <sighs> <laughs> Thank you, popping up. File not found. <laughs> I forgot how to emotion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Janice, who are your favorites and least favorites? Well, my favorite non-clone is Felix, hands down. Least, fa- I'm not sure if I have a least favorite. Um, what's his name? The guy who was the Cylon, Ra- Rachel's sidekick. Yeah, he's my <laughs> oh, he's my yeah. least favorite person. Cylon, um, <laughs> and heart guy. Yeah. 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 Um, Daniel Rose. So he's my, yeah, so that's favorite clone and least favorite, or no, favorite non-clone, least favorite non-clone. It's easier to pick my least favorite clone, which has been moving along. I started out like not liking Allison because the way she was introduced, I mean, she was just so obnoxious to Sarah and said, you know, get your ugly, don't let your ugly mug show or something like that. I thought, who are you, who are you telling her this? So I never liked her from the beginning, but she had the advantage of then being followed by Helena, who then became my least favorite clone. And um, she's now been replaced by Rachel. <laughs> so I'm excited to see if your hatred of clones continues on through the series, if we get to meet any other clones, if <laughs> right. we continue to hate yeah. the new clone. Yeah, they don't introduce new clones that are likable or, you know, or have positive attributes. They're all like, you know, I mean, they're interesting for the story, but they just rub me the wrong way. My favorite clone is anyone but Rachel <laughs> or Sarah. I just, I really like Sarah. I think Sarah is my favorite clone, closely followed by everyone else that isn't Rachel. Everybody else who isn't Rachel. <laughs> yeah. All of the clones who aren't Rachel tied for second after Sarah. And then my favorite non-clone is tied between uh, Felix and Mrs. S just because she's so mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, and Felix is fantastic. And sort of reminds me of my friend Josh. Um, and then my least favorite non-clone would have to be DeAngelis and Olivier. Because mm. I just, not only do I dislike Olivier, I dislike the type of character he is. Like, the type of character that he has is perfectly summed up when he's in the hospital, laying in the massage chair with his ass in the air, sans tail. And Leaky walks in and he starts trying to explain himself and Leaky's like, just, oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that, that, that exactly describes who he is. He is this footman who thinks he's big and thinks he knows everything and has drank way too much of the Kool-Aid and mm. no one else likes him because he's just like this little chihuahua. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, I, I dislike most characters like that. And, uh, Olivier is just the epitome. He is, he is the archetype of that trope. And mm-hmm. so. And he's dumb enough to want a tail. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And his <laughs> reasoning behind it was so pretentious that I just, I wanted to slap him. I wanted to have the ability to reach into my TV, not to, like, hug Tatiana Maslany and tell her how amazing she is or any of the other characters on the show, how fantastic they are. No, just to reach in and slap that specific character just across the face. All I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it was just, it was just silly. I mean, why is that evolution? <laughs> Shows us how far we have to, how far we've came and how much more we can do. Oh, blow it out your ass. Yeah. 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 That really, yeah. That you didn't open, open up that part of the brain that doesn't get used. No, you went and got yourself a tail. Right. I mean, <laughs> getting rid of the useless tail was evolution. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't need it. That's why it's gone. <laughs> And he got a useless tail that was just essentially a butt ugly, yeah, an ugly useless tail. He got a phallus on his back end. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least if it was, like, long enough to be, like, a kangaroo tail and he could, like, sit on it or, like, uh hang from a tree with it or something, like, then I could be, like, okay, maybe. But no, that, that, that's just a butt penis. It's a butt penis. (laughs) A really ugly butt penis. (laughs) It was all hairless and creepy. Oh, I do want to say this. I do appreciate the fact that we got to see Felix's butt. That was cool. 
Yes, mm-hmm. Felix does have an enjoyable butt. He does, and uh, and he's he's got cute underwear too. So yes. Well, there yes. will be others. Oh, good. For some reason, Felix's nudity seems to be has to be part of the show. On Dexter, it was always like, "Oh, was this really necessary for me?" But when I see Felix, you know, doing his thing because he does, he does the dancing, prancing thing. I guess I don't know. It just seems like it, it has to happen. It has to be there. <laughs> well, for Felix, it just seems so in character. Well, it is because he is really very, you know. Yeah, that's just who he that's is. Part, that's Felix, you know. I love his robe. That's my favorite character for the season is Felix's robe. <laughs> Felix's robe. So who is everybody's favorite relationships? And it doesn't just have to be like romantical kind, like any offshoot of any connection. Like what are your guys' favorites? Oh, well, uh, well, should I go first? Sure. sure. Okay. Uh, I think my favorite relationship, and you guys are going to think this is weird because you all think it's going to be Kasima, but uh, my favorite relationship is Felix and Allison. Mm. They're pretty cute together. I mean, how they interact with each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones, too. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Kasima and Delphine. Yeah. And we'll see where that heads. And the pretty French girl. Yes. We will hope that keeps going, but. We will see. She could be the evil one herself. Well, you were you relieved that she didn't die at the end of season one because that's one of, that was one of your predictions. I was relieved. I was happy to see she didn't end up dead. I thought she would, but she didn't. I thought she would turn on Leaky and Leaky would take her out. But maybe they have bigger plans for Delphine. That could be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, just remember, though, whenever questions get answered there are even more questions opening up yeah oh wait i think i said I, that i thought helena would kill her didn't i say that before yeah i did yeah. i did now felix and allison is also one of my favorites since i love both characters and i think they're particularly great together but my others are mrs s and sarah and helena and sarah oh yeah um why helena and sarah <laughs> I thought I heard a really quiet no right after Bob said that. I'm just not wrong. Okay. I, I just think they're enormous fun together. I mean, that scene in the restaurant where. Oh, that was good. Know, yeah. Yeah. She's going on about that, and then Sarah has a knife in her leg, and she's pulled up. And yeah. they keep they keep getting thrown together, and then Sarah really can't stand Helena, but has to keep meeting up with her for various reasons. And I, I really enjoy that. I kind of really enjoy uh, Helena and Paul, even though I don't think they've really ever met now, have they? Can't remember. I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> Just that little one scene where she was asking him about his day. Yeah. <laughs> I did the working and the shopping. So, what are your favorites, uh, Janice and Liz? Felix and Allison, I think, are wonderful. I also really like Felix and Sarah, because they have such a great siblingy relationship and I tend to really like sibling relationships because I didn't have one so I just love them like I just love seeing them depicted and I also like Bob said I really like Sarah and Mrs. S and where their relationship was headed those are just really awesome yeah both the both the Felix and Allison and Sarah and Mrs. S relationships are ones that started out badly and got good towards the end they improved I mean if you would at the beginning the idea that Felix and Allison would have a good relationship, I think, is kind of... No one would have believed it. Mm-hmm. With her holding him at gunpoint? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Art is obviously very close to finding out about the clones. Do you think he will? And if so, how long do you think it's going to take? You know, we haven't even really talked about what's going to happen with Art, but this, he's going to get... He's going to find out everything. And maybe not the, f- the first episode, but probably like by the third episode, he'll have it all figured out. And he'll be on, of course, Sarah's side because I. And then, of course, Beth is going to show back up after that. Ah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Art will become one of the good guys, you know. And we're going to get some more exposure. Uh, but when that happens, he's going to start looking at D'Angelo's a little bit different, and she's going to become under suspect with him in his eyes. Suspect for what? Just generally. Generally, you know, why has she been? trying to lead me to this and that and about Beth and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? 
Because she was acting kind of sketchy there. It was like, you know, really pushing on like, you know, exposing Beth for not being this or that and all these things. And he's going to really start questioning her motivations after he finds out about the clones. Maybe. I don't know. I could be jumping, making giant leaps there. Well, if Beth does show up, her and D'Angelo should be fun. Oh, that'd be fun. That's going to be good stuff. (laughs) That'd be good stuff, huh? That would be great. Mm -hmm. Hey, here, I had a thought too. You know that guy who brought supposedly brought Sarah to Mrs. S. You think he's going to show back up? I thought, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Because they made a point of, you know, giving him a face and a name and everything. So I I wonder when he's going to pop into this storyline. Have they said if he's out of jail yet? I don't remember that at all. No, I think he's still in jail. That's why he couldn't come out with Amelia. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, is it his tie is with Amelia, or is that how he found out about these girls, or what? No, he was Mrs. S's person who brought kids to her. Right. But how did he find Sarah? Uh, someone gave him Sarah. Okay. Amelia, maybe? Possibly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't lay that out. They didn't make that perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they had, but I thought maybe it was maybe some guesses. All right. I don't think they had. You know, it's it's strange because every once in a while you go, oh, did, did we know that? Did we, did we did, was that I discussed? Know. Yeah, you're right. That happens quite often, doesn't it? Well, what do you think of the idea? Do you think that Leaky assumed at some point they would all become self-aware? Or does he think that this is something that, that this is a surprise to him? And I think that's for everybody because I don't think it's spoilery at all to discuss that. I don't think he expected everybody to become self-aware. Mm-hmm. I think when it started happening, he just like jumped on board and was like, well, gots to follow this now. Yeah. Uh, but I think that originally the plan for the experiment of the clones was just to watch them live their lives. And then they would die. And then there would be a study. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about it. Wow, good point, Ray. Good point, Janice. Well, that would be a really long-term study. I mean, presumably Leaky's a lot older than they are, and he would not see the end of this study unless he expected them not to live, you know, long lives themselves. Huh. Mm. That's an interesting point. What with the consumption and all. Yeah. Right. You know, but I think Leaky wants to live forever. That's probably why he's involved with clones. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if that's his goal, he's he's got a problem. <laughs> yeah, because they're dying. <laughs> so apparently, tail's not the solution. <laughs> Tail does not equal long life. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Liz. I thought their becoming self-aware was a surprise to him. And I think it's all right now, you know, we just have to deal with this somehow. See how this affects the study and... and you know, what we have to do to get it back on track. Ooh, I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah, wow. that's the pain with using sentient beings for uh, stuff like this. They tend to mm-hmm. make their own choices and be smart and screw up your studies and shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the study, isn't the study screwed up? I mean, they, you know, if they all know about each other, isn't, if they had wanted them to kind of grow up together and know each other, they would have been put in all you know homes in england but they're yeah. definitely put all well, across and it, it the can... world and and they've become self-aware so it seems to me that they some at least some aspect of the study is is completely messed up some aspect of the study will no longer continue but they do have 30 odd years 20 odd years of data that they can use which that's a huge long-term study so that it's not all completely shot to shit Mm -hmm. from here on out is different parameters for the study it's essentially like the minnesota twin studies that were done in the u.s where they followed a bunch of twins some who were identical some who were fraternal you know who grew up together who were adopted out who you know all these different things and they followed them over the courses of their lives and eventually some of the twins who were raised apart for whatever reason, adoption and everything, who came back together later on, that's how they were included in the study. Is after they found each other when they were older, they heard about a study being done and went, hey, you know, we qualify for this, we were raised apart, and here's how exactly similar and slight variations we were growing up. Like there was one, there was twins who grew up two cities apart, excelled in the same classes, 
dated the same type of women. Like their wives looked alike. Their wives had similar jobs, everything. And they just happened to bump into each other, like at a supermarket or at a football game for their kids. Mm. Oh my God, how weird. Oh, that would be so freaky. But their lives were almost identical and they never saw each other until they were like 30 or 40 something. And so from then on, their information becomes different in the study. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But And given given that actual study, it's a little strange that all the clones are so different. Not necessarily because they're not actually all that different. So you think all all, these things are very superficial? Yes. But when you look like at the base of who they are, they're all kind of snotty. They're all fairly sarcastic. They're all fiercely loyal. They're all incredibly smart. Incredibly protective. Uh, very protective. Yeah. They have a lot of similarities. A lot of their differences are fairly superficial. Hmm. And they weren't just raised two towns apart. They were raised countries apart, mm-hmm. classes apart. Right. And also they and were so, in different wombs, whereas twins are in the same womb. Exactly. That, so, that has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are explanations for their differences, um, but they are all really similar. And um, some people have said, well, because it's one actress playing all of them. But you can see the similarities. And I think it's conscious on the writer's part and Tatiana's part in the way that Sarah and Helena have very so many similar facial expressions. They hold their eyes the same way. They kind of smile the same way. Mm. And Sarah and Cosima have a hard time getting along because they're so similar. They're both really snarky, kind of bitchy rebels who don't do what the man or anybody else says. And so they have a hard time getting along. And then there's Allison, who is the mother of all. And everybody kind of has mothering and nurturing instincts. So they're all fairly similar. And they all have similar expressions and attitudes, but we're so focused on the differences because they dress differently and they were raised in completely different cultures. Mm. And wouldn't there be some, some kind of differences just because of the, like you said, the womb, uh, the hormonal environmental factors? In, yeah, right. environmental factors yeah. of the womb. Definitely. Mm. All of which, you know, how, talking about how smart they are, it just makes, makes it seem so crazy that Sarah would go off with Vic for anything. I mean, I, I like, you know, the character Vic is a lot of fun, but like Sarah going off with him, that just doesn't make any sense. It totally makes sense. Really? Yeah. Because even though she's incredibly intelligent, even intelligent people make stupid mistakes when it comes to their love lives. Also, Sarah was an orphan until she was eight and she was placed with Mrs. S. Mrs. S didn't adopt her until she was 12 and then moved her from Brixton to a suburb in Canada and or at least a neighborhoody area in Canada. And so her entire life was uprooted to a completely different continent an ocean away from everything she knew. She was in the foster system her whole life. And being in the foster system is horrible. You're essentially being told that you're not wanted and that you're not worth keeping around or trying anything on. And so she did that for eight years of people not caring about her and just sending her back because she may have had an attitude or maybe she was too smart and got around the rules a lot because she was smart, you know, smarter than the parents or whatever. And then she gets to Mrs. S and Mrs. S is trying to handle her and like bring her in and everything and introduces her to punk music. And as Mrs. S says, she took the attitude, not the politics. So Sarah's always had a bit of an attitude and she's always been a bit of a rebel. And someone like Vic would have given her a certain level of freedom to make the money she needs. I think Vic was mostly a mean to an end. I don't think she ever really cared about him. But you can make a lot of money selling drugs. Not that you should sell drugs, kids. Drugs are bad, okay? But you could make a lot of money doing it. And she's whip smart and could easily con everybody. And so running off with him to be a con man and work these jobs would have been the easiest way for her to get the money to get Kira and Fee and do whatever she wanted. So even though Mrs. S has had her since she was eight, that's still a long time of people not wanting her. And that can really affect a person. So if anybody shows any interest in her, she develops feelings for them, which is really, really common. You know, she developed feelings for Paul pretty quick because he was interested in saving her. 
she doesn't want to lie to Art because Art was so good to her. Anybody who shows her interest in caring, she's going to go for because she didn't get that a lot of her life. Whereas all the other clones were raised in family sets, whether it was, you know, in San Francisco being hippies or (laughs) in a suburb in Toronto or, you know, whatever. But in the same thing with Helena, Sarah doesn't try and kill her. Sarah, you know, Sarah's hurt her. But Sarah, you know, purposefully tried not to kill her in the beginning. Right. And kind of tried to save her. And so Helena latched onto her. Yeah, it's very common to when you're, I, I hate to say this the worst way, but when you're damaged, it's not really what I mean, or dysfunctional, you, you do gravitate towards other dysfunctional people because they understand you and you understand them and you, you came, you come from the same place and it's, a, it's an interdependency that happens. Yeah. She's, she's been looking for her family and was trying to build her own. And, you know, Vic was a means to an end. So, and he was there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's all about not wanting to sleep in a cold bed. Yeah. So, you know, being really highly intelligent doesn't really mean you're going to make very smart choices emotionally. So, especially if you don't have the tools to make the smart choices. Yeah. I'm still kind of wondering if, where the heck was she for a year? I mean, I know she was with Vic, but was she really, you know, I don't know. Yeah, she was with Vic being a con man and a drug dealer. Yeah. Trying to get money together to take Kira away. Take Kira back. Which she wouldn't have to be doing if she'd stayed there to begin with. So, right. There you go. But like all people with unstable childhoods, she saw money as a way to make everything stable. She didn't understand what makes a stable home. Right, exactly. So I have to get money and then I will be stable. Mm -hmm. As opposed to I have to grow up and I will be stable. Right. So, Lynette, what do you think uh, Rachel wants? Rachel, what does Rachel want? But she's probably sick herself. She probably wants to find a cure. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I have uh, that's the only thing that comes to my mind, and it's probably really an easy one. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind. But I don't know what her motivation is, and she's such a, so so deeply tied into this project and lacking so much emotion that maybe she doesn't really want anything. She's just she's just doing her job. I don't know. It wasn't very inventive, but that's that's what I got. I think based on my first viewing of her, my opinion was that she was kind of a world domination type. Yeah, I thought something similar about... Oh, wow, that's a good idea. We shall take over the world with clones. Lynette, you're starting to break up again now. She's like the guy from Despicable Me, then? Trying to make a bunch (laughs) of minions? (laughs) (laughs) Except for she's, she's not as endearing as he turns out to be so yeah that doesn't work so do you think rachel is the original or do you think she's the same age and from the same batch as the girls i don't think she's the original i think she's from the same batch even though she dresses older she doesn't look that much older and if she's ill she's going to look a little haggard i don't think she is the original okay so you think she has the consumption and she's looking for a cure yeah i think i think that might be part of it yes that's just my gut feeling at the moment. And I like the idea that what you just said, she kind of fancies herself like the queen of the world or the upcoming queen of the world kind of thing. And I shall rule the world. I shall rule the world. Yeah, I got the feeling that, I mean, the, I think the first time I watched I got the feeling that she saw them as rivals and wanted to do away with them. Huh. Another good idea. Awesome. Anything else? We have a ratings for the whole season. Uh, go ahead. Well, I've got to give it a 10 on the Kinsey scale, that's for sure. <laughs> it was great. I mean, I haven't been this excited about a series since Dexter and Buffy before that. So, yeah, it was pretty fantastic. I, I haven't even watched season 10 of Supernatural. Of course, that's it'll be on Netflix. <laughs> it's actually been pretty good. Is it really? I've actually enjoyed most of it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I like the season quite a bit. I'd give it like a nine. I think the consensus is that season two is better. And I'm not 100% sure I agree with that because I really like season one as well. Yeah, I was surprised that um, at people saying they like season two so much better. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that either. So I'm looking forward to watching it again to see if I, you know, change my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the 
beginning of season one was a lot slower paced. It took them, you know, three or four episodes to introduce all of the clones. And you don't really have that in season two. I mean, things are going right from the beginning this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one's attitudes might change with one's ability, how one views it. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, my husband and I watched the first four episodes in one sitting. I'm not sure, and you know, and part of it was it was available. Part of it was at the end of the first episode was so shocking with... um, Katya. Katya, yeah. So we just kept watching. You know, if we had been had to wait a week, would we have gotten through those th- first three or four episodes? I don't know. Ooh. But we liked watching that way so much that when the second season started, we didn't watch it right away. We waited until there were like three or four episodes, and then we watched all of those, and then, then we waited again. And I think we watched the last few when they aired. Ooh. But obviously, we can't do that with season three. No, not do a podcast, no. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, do we have any feedback? Yes, we do. From Facebook so far, Bob posted, We will be recording season one recap on Monday. If you have any thoughts on season one or predictions for season two, post them here or email them to clonedanceparty at gmail.com. Victor DeGrand said, My prediction is that Allison will dump her husband and have an affair with Dr. Leakey. Donnie will finally have some peace and quiet and get to enjoy watching his favorite video, Big Boob Blowies. <laughs> Nutty said, I went back to all the scenes of Beth jumping to see if she had the scar. I couldn't find out. I couldn't find out because that side of her neck was never shown, which I find interesting. Plus, the only time you see it is on the CCTV and there's so much light on her neck you can't make anything out. How do I feel about the season so far? I think it's amazingly good and I had no idea I'd like it this much. My predictions are that Helena is alive, that Mrs. S is still good, that Art is going to come close to the truth a dozen more times before Sarah finally comes clean with him. I'm still wondering about the theory of the jumper not being Beth. Bob DeGrand said, I was talking to Shane Poole, who's about to watch season one, episode nine, and he had a couple of predictions about Dr. Leakey, that he would die in episode 10, and that he was a clone of himself, and that he had started this during the 1960s at the height of the Cold War. That is really, really interesting. Shane is doing a, a prisoner podcast, so the kind of paranoia there is is kind of appropriate in the Cold War stuff. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. Victor says, I actually like Leakey, and as a general rule, I hate all the characters who threaten the three main clones, like Angie, Vic, Helena. But Leakey is a man of science, and he at least thinks he's doing the right thing. I know he's portrayed as a villain, but I don't see him as being really sinister and using the clones as spare parts. Most of the things he does, not all, seem perfectly reasonable to me, and if I were in his place, I could see myself doing the same things. Nutty says, I don't see him as a villain. I just don't trust him. I think he's all for the clones and their protection, but he values them as subjects and doesn't care about their quality of life. Doesn't think of them as their own or people. The clones want to have control over their own lives, and to just live. Leaky doesn't think about that. He's too turned on by the science. And Shane Poole says, I think Mrs. S joined the project as a plant under Tomas' control that explains the picture and how Tomas was able to get Elena, but just after Amelia gave birth, Mrs. S had a change of heart and was able to hide Sarah from Dr. Leaky and Tomas and move to Canada. Oh, and Harold said, I predict that there will be a clone dance party, but Rachel won't be invited. She will pretend <laughs> yeah. she will pretend that she doesn't care and that she had an important meeting in Brussels anyway, but inside she's crying. <laughs> that is silly. Oh, I think he, I think he's right. <laughs> yeah, that was the end of that thread. <laughs> awesome. Okay, and then Shane said, it ends like that. It ends like that? And uh, I said, do you need cookies? And so I said, poor guy. And I sent him an internet hug. And Ashley said, now imagine waiting like 10 months for season two. That's where the awesome fan art and OB crack videos come into play. (laughs) And Nutty said, Shane, I didn't realize it was the season final when I watched it. 
And then Shane also said, trying to be a good boy and not watch season two. Someone has it uploaded to YouTube. And every time I pop onto the site, it comes up as recommended videos for me to watch. And I m- must resist the urge to click. And then uh, he says, I feel ya. <laughs> yeah. And now you can do it, Lynette. Now I can do it. As soon as we get off, you can you can watch. I'm gonna. Shane also <laughs> sent in some live notes he made while he watched episode 10. When Sarah is being interviewed by Art, just tell him, Sarah, you need to tell him. Lawyer comes into the room. Who the hell is this idiot? When Helena stabs Amelia. What the fuck? Oh god, Helena, no! Episode end. When Sarah walks back into Mrs. S's house. Who done this? Don't you end the episode like this? Don't you dare. Poor Shane. And then he said he's had the closing music from episode 10 on constant repeat for the last half an hour. I love that piece of music. And Annette Pullian said, I've done that before also. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys all have really good holidays. Can't waste our January. (laughs) Yep, we'll be back in January. It would be a great time to leave us iTunes reviews while we're not podcasting to keep us up in the ratings. Yes. And uh, join us next time for Season 2, Episode 1, Nature Under Constraint and Vexed. And until then, just be happy you don't have to wait nine months for the new season. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.